Have you been trying too hard? Have you been holding too tight? Have you been worrying too much lately? All night. Whatever we've lost, I think we're going to let it go. Let it fall like snow. Because rain and leaves and snow and tears and stars, and that's not all, my friend. They all fall with confidence and grace. So let it fall. Let it fall. This song has snuck up on me over the last few weeks by a band called Over the Rhine, and one of my dreams for the next year is that they would sing a few songs here. There's rumors we just have to wait to see whether the glory comes. Uh, A married couple from Ohio who uh, not many in the world come across, but whose poetry, uh, musicality, and theology is incredibly rich. And I listen to music, sadly, never for just the enjoyment of music, because I'm always thinking pastorally, spiritually, theologically. And so this one really, really struck home as a pastor. Have you been trying too hard? Have you been holding too tight? Have you been worrying too much lately all night? Whatever we've lost, I think we're going to let it go. Let it fall like snow. Because rain and leaves and snow and tears and stars, and that's not all, my friend, they all fall with confidence and grace. So let it fall. Let it fall. It seems to me as I listen to it, if you listen to the song and you didn't know the context of the band, although it's on a Christmas album where John 3 and 16 and uh, Jesus appears in all kinds of interesting places, you would be saying, well, is that spiritual at all? Well, you would know it was spiritual. Is it Christian at all? And the more I've listened to it, and I'm actually going to send a wee Facebook message later on because I've been um, meditating on this one for a few days. I'm thinking that what Linford and Karen are on at this point is that they are thinking of the lilies of the field. They are thinking of the birds of the air. They are thinking of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. They are thinking about those things around us that don't do the worrying or the holding tight that we do. Snow, stars, rain, leaves. Look at them, they're saying. They all fall. And when they fall, they fall with confidence and grace because they trust. They trust. And what about us? What about us? By worrying, can you add anything to anything? Can we let things fall with trust, confidence? And belief in grace. 2014. Our feelings. Our disappointments. Our hurts. Our pain. Our grief. Can we let them fall? 
with confidence and grace. Now let me speak to you tenderly as a pastor. I don't expect that after quoting a song by a band from Ohio and moving into Philippians chapter 3 as we're going to in a moment to find biblical substance for what these thoughts are, that you're going to leave here with all of that fallen. I know what we carry. But I need as a pastor to gently say that I think this is what the Lord wants of us to be our aim. That we can let these things fall in trust, in confidence, and no grace. The title of the reading, which I hadn't looked at until the order of service. No confidence in the flesh. Philippians chapter 3, which I came to because it was a letting go, letting fall, and pressing on. I discovered as I untangled it over the last number of days that we're talking about this confidence and grace. Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, I always like to remind when I'm doing the exegesis of this that he's only halfway through when he says, finally. You have to trust the minister that we're being biblical when halfway through we say, finally. And then he goes off on this personal story that, yes, is to do with law and grace and about those who would be Um, What does he call them? Those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. Yes, it's theologically underpinned in that. But what Paul's saying here is that I have learned to let go and change the confidence of my life from one thing into another thing. I have learned to let my self-righteousness fall. My desiring to somehow attain to God by my behavior, I've let it fall with confidence and grace, a new confidence in who God is and what God has done for me, a forgetting what is behind and letting it fall to press on to something more, maturity, living up to our calling or in the verses just after those that Philip read to us today. This, in some ways, in Philippians chapter 3, is Paul's 1010. Life in all its fullness. This is where Paul has found it. Paul was trying to seek all his fullness and trying to be the best religious person there could be in the whole of Israel. But he learned to let all of that go and he found this other 1010, which was to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing in his sufferings and to press on towards that. 1010, that knowledge of Christ. And to do that in 2015, I really believe that some of those things that are very tender in all of our lives and in our lives as a family, we're going to have to somehow let them go. And to let them go, we're going to have to fall back with confidence into the arms of a God that we believe loves us and can heal us. When we talked about the 10-10 idea way back, 
I think we might have been in Dunmurray Presbyterian Church one Saturday morning as a session. One of the things I was trying to say that as a congregation, as a pastor, as a session, what we need to do is say, we want everybody in Fitzroy, we want the entire family to live this life in all its fullness. So what we've got to do pastorally is to work out what are all the hurdles to stop us living this life in all its fullness. And those hurdles are those things that we've got to let fall. Our pain and our hurt and our grief and our disappointments and our feelings. Because if those things are not allowed to fall, then those things become our identity rather than the grace and confidence in God that is supposed to be and can be our identity if we want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and live life and life in all its fullness. So first point, we've got to let it fall. Then I'm suggesting we need to take initiative. Now, this came from an article that Donald Miller um, had written uh, and I picked up on the social media this week and he had five points for living life in its fullness, not those exact words that I have. But, um, and he said that one of the things that we need to do as individuals, if we're going to make 2015 something that's going to be productive for us and for the kingdom of God, is to take initiative, to set our sights on something else. Another song I've been listening to at the end of the year. Every dog on the street knows that we're in love with defeat. Are we ready to be swept off our feet and stop chasing every breaking wave? Are we ready to be swept off our feet and stop chasing every breaking wave? The song is about how our lives can be thrill after thrill. We can have one wave crashing in and we can be on our little bodyboard or our surfboard on top of every one. We particularly, living in the wealthiest time in history, in the wealthiest area of history, in the wealthiest area of the wealthiest area of history, BT9 is at the end of my address. We have in this congregation this morning the possibilities this year of chasing every breaking wave. Every advertisement that's up there, we can get there. We can do your skiing holidays, most of us. We can do your summer holidays. We can get the new car. We can change your BT address. We can just about buy anything we need anytime. We have the possibility to live our lives this year chasing every breaking wave. I think the scripture suggests, I think this table suggests, I think the gospel suggests that we have to stop chasing every breaking wave and be swept off our feet by the grace of God. It's what happened to Paul right here. He was chasing every religious wave that he could. He was what? He said that he was circumcised in the eighth day of the people of Israel. Wave. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Wave. In regard to the law, he was a Pharisee. Wave. As for zeal persecuting the church. Wave. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Every breaking wave of the Jewish way of life. Paul was riding it. And then... On the road to Damascus, 
on the road to Damascus, he was swept away with something else. The grace of God. We need to take initiative this year to decide. Even those of us who believe it theologically. Even those of us who could get up and preach it. We need to decide, actually really, are we going to put our confidence in grace in God? Or in that house? Or in that job? Or in that pay packet? Or in that holiday? Or in all the things that we have available to us to distract us from the initiative of God doing a work in us and beyond us. To consider everything garbage that we may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of our own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, a righteousness that is comes from God and is based on faith. To want to know Christ, yes, the power of his resurrection. And the participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. We know Christ, A.W. Tozer has said. We know Christ not as much, maybe as much as we wish, but not as much as we want. If we wanted this, really wanted this, then let everything else fall And live the confidence and grace of Christ. Our lives would be changed. But remember. That as well as the resurrection from the dead. There's the sharing in his suffering. Are we up for that part? Of the initiative. To live 1010. Now. If we let it fall and we take initiative to live another way, then we need substance to make that happen. Tell me once, tell me twice, how is it that we begin again? Do we start off clearing up the mess or just forgetting it? The way some people try to kid, you'd think we're better off pretending. Just how far can we go without working out the ending? We stayed awake one starry night just to watch the sky turn and change and aim. You gotta go back, you gotta go back, you gotta go back in time to Bethlehem to begin again. Paul let it fall with confidence and grace. Paul was swept off his feet. Paul took the initiative by the grace of God and through faith, to have his life transformed in that road to Damascus. But he did it because there was substance underneath his belief. There was Bethlehem. There's Calvary. There's the tomb. There's the bread and the wine. There's the scriptures. If we're going to let it fall, we're going to need some substance to believe in. If we're going to change the direction and the investment of our lives in 2015, we're going to need some substance to what we're going to do about it. And as I look back to 
Christmas. In fact, I'm not looking back to Christmas. I'm not letting it go with the tree, which will probably come down tomorrow. And I know some trees are down. A friend of mine, their tree got to the 28th, and he said he was surprised that his wife let it pass Boxing Day. So Christmas can be boxed up for us in all kinds of different time spheres. But let's not forget what these angels sang. Today in the city of David, a Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace on men and women on whom his favor rests. Let's not forget my on and on and on mantra about this. That the word Savior and the word peace on earth were the words of Caesar. And that when the angels declared that the baby in straw was a savior bringing peace on earth, they were bringing us an alternative. They were declaring a revolutionary alternative to empire, to Herod, to Pharaoh, to Caesar. The end of the chapter that Philip read some of says, Our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly wait a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. The people who were reading this would have been looking at all the images of savior of Caesar. They would have been being pushed into being those molded and shaped and honed into being citizens of Caesar's empire. But we have an alternative subversive message. That the baby born in the manger. When we go back to Bethlehem to begin again. When we go back to Calvary to begin again. When we go back to the empty tomb to begin again. We are saying at the start of 2015 that the lives we're living in 2015 are not going to be about the empire that squeezes and shapes us into the materialistic godless mode that they try to do. That we are declaring that we're going to let it fall. And we're going to take initiative to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sufferings and sharing in his sufferings. That we're going to invest in this year in a way that's different than the world because we have come to sing songs, to pray prayers, to read scriptures, to reflect, to take bread and wine that says something is different in the midst of how it is. What are the years for? You start asking when you're 53 and nobody in your mother's side of the family on the male line has made it past 54. What are the years for? What have the years been for? All those years, where did they go? What is this year going to be? What do you want to cram into your year? What are the photographs you want to leave? What are the memories you want to leave? What is the legacy we want to leave? Because I'm going to tell you this. We can live probably reasonably comfortable lives this year. Yes, some of us are going to get sick. Yes, some of us we might even lose over the year that's ahead. Yes, we're going to have stress and worries. But let me tell you, we can go home now. We can have a good meal. We have good good hospitals. We have good medical people. I've got to say that because most of them come here. We can go to university and get degrees. We can go to the shops after Christmas and we don't even need the seals. We can cram this year with stuff. But what are the years for? What is another year for? What is it for for me? What is it for for Fitzroy? Surely it's about more than stuff. Nice photographs in nice locations. Take them though because I love seeing them on Facebook. But are we going to let it fall? 
Are we going to take initiative? Are we going to be swept off our feet by this alternative grace, saviour, peace on earth, justice? And are we going to invest every fibre of what we are in pressing on towards the prize for which Christ has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus? Please, Lord, yes.